I'm a living legend, I can't die, no, I can't die. I'm a living legend, I can't die, no, I can't die. Everybody giving me advice is never right. That is why I only listen to my own advice. I'm a living legend, I can't die, no, I can't die. I'm a living legend, I can't die, no, I can't die. Label me a rock star, cause I rock and I shine. Y'all wasting your time, swear this world is mine. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode three of Foursquare. I'm Matt. I'm Alex. I'm Lucas. And I'm Jeff. What's going on, y'all? Man, last night was the first time I went to the movies post COVID, man. Oh, oh, man. How did how did that go? It was. I mean, it wasn't a lot of people, so it was good. Of course, this family with a baby came right next to me. Out of all the seats, I'm like, all right, I still went all the way to the back too. I'm like, of course, you would bring the baby. I mean, the baby didn't make that much noise, so that's good. But yeah, that's is that your primary is, is that your primary spot of choice? Like in the very top back, either the very top back or like towards like the bottom. If I want to be like really immersed in the movie, oh, no, this time I decided. No, to I went back. to I went to a 4D movie. Mm. That was probably one of the coolest experiences I've ever been to. To be honest, where was that? The movie was the movie was terrible. It was an Atlantic station. The movie was the movie itself was terrible, but like being like actually like immersed in the movie, like you're actually moving around with all like all the action scenes and stuff like that, and like getting like shot at and stuff with like air and getting splashed with water and all that stuff. Like that was, that was I mean, pretty. That was pretty cool. The only 4D movie I went to was the one at the Coke factory. Same. Yeah. That's yeah, the I mean, only they, one that's like real 4D. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is this is like. Uh, the Regal Regal Theater in uh, Atlantic Station. Yeah, in Atlantic Station. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we uh, I had went with some friends from college, and yeah, I mean, that was probably like that was a cool a cool experience. Like like I said, movie was just awful, just just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but boy, but what, what did you see, Jeff? I saw Fast Nine. You really went to see it. Yeah, oh. I was like, might as, might as well. <laughs> yeah, how did you have to see it? Bro, Do y'all think that movie franchise ended with Paul Walker? Yeah, nah, when yeah, I, like I said, I gotta say though, Paul Walker was one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Just like after after he died, it, it was kind of hard to watch it, especially without seeing him. Especially because I wanted to see like more of like like him and Mia and the baby and like. See if like they can you know add some like real like family child dynamics with it and say be like yo like let's all calm down. But the second he died, they kind of just had to write him off and just put them to the side. Actually, so, they technically didn't write him off. He did show. I'm not going to say exactly what happened, but he, I will say he did show up at the end of Fast Nine. Though. He's still hmm. like at least they like kept that. Yeah, but you know, um, speaking of it's funny speaking of Paul Walker. I don't know if y'all seen it, but there was this movie it was called Brick Mansions. And mm. like it was like a very parkour driven movie, like uh, Paul Walker and unfortunately another guy whose name I can't remember, but I will look it up. But the whole thing was like, um, I believe he was a cop, and he was in like a basically like a uh, a lower development building 
they call it Brick Mansion. It was like the uh, the center for crime or whatever. And him and this uh, this criminal, they team up. And basically, like, they just do everything parkour. It's just so unnecessary. Like, they're running from people, parkour scene. They're fighting a dude, parkour scene. And honestly, like, I liked him. Like, the movie itself was kind of iffy, but I liked Paul Walker a lot. Like, he was a very fun character. Uh, since post COVID, do y'all think that like there's been like genuine good movies out since like, post COVID? I think they're starting to come back. I, I mean, you have they... like your blockbusters, like the movies that every that like the the I'll even call like the amusement park type movies. Like people, you go in there to like having mm-hmm. that movie experience, and you have the movies that are like not huge, like attraction wise, like in a wide audience, but more of like the cinephiles of the people that really dwell, like, dwell deep into filmography and stuff like that, like Oscar-type movies, Academy movies. Yeah. See, yeah, I feel like I feel like the market's been saturated with a whole bunch of crappy movies, Yeah, especially on Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, and, like, stuff like that. So, like, you know, with Netflix coming out with their own, like, little Netflix studio movies, I feel like there's just been an oversaturation of just crappy movies. So you're not going to see that many good movies. Very all few the crappy ones. The only one that I really enjoyed produced out of Netflix was Bird Box. That was the only that one where it was like, this is that was before like an interesting. Yeah, and that was prior to COVID, yeah. yeah, yeah. But as far as like post-COVID, there really hasn't been any anything good. Like the only one that I saw that I know I want to see, I want to see Snake Eyes. And I want to see... Um, you mean Netflix movies or movies in general? No, 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 in general, in general. Okay. Um, I want to see Snake Eyes. And I want to see um, Don't Breathe 2. I just saw the trailer for that. And I'm already like, I want to see it. Because I enjoyed, I thoroughly enjoyed the first one. There have been a few, I'd say, good ones. Like, um, I haven't seen it yet. But I've heard really good things about the Suicide Squad movie that came out yesterday. Okay. Um, I heard I'm too confused I, I on it. I enjoyed Black Widow. I'm only confused because it's like, it's, what this is the, what, the third Suicide Squad? Like, if there was like, Bert... The second one, say I, I, I saw. I remember the first one that had like Will Smith and Harley Quinn and, mm-hmm. like, and all the other people. And then they're making like I saw Birds of Prey. Is that like a all women Suicide Squad? And then I see one where there's John Cena and this goofy helmet, and I was like, I don't know. So you got the first Suicide Suicide Squad movie, the a uh, the uh, direct by Ayer. Um, that was like the, the 2016 one project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The Birds of Prey movie that was like that was a that wasn't a Suicide Squad movie that was a Harley Quinn movie. You know? uh, that was just that was like introducing new DC characters and like giving a famous ca- uh, character a spinoff, like Warner Brothers has been doing for a while. Yeah, and yeah. and now we got this Suicide Squad movie, which is like described a reboot pseudo sequel. Now it, mm-hmm. it, it comes after the first movie, but like it has new characters and a new plot. Like they don't want to call it like a direct sequel. Because I don't, I don't know why, honestly. But hey, it's directed by James Gunn, so I'm excited for it. What is what is that? What does that imply, though? Like, is that what's going to have a Guardians of the Galaxy feel to it? Okay, I was I was I was asking I was asking to lead to like what is what determines it to be a good movie? Like, what will it be like? Is it like the producer, the director, the cinematography, the plot? Like, what 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 will entice you to go? see a movie then they definitely have way more characters than this new suicide squad so for me i think it's gonna be 
for a Suicide Squad movie directed by James Gunn is going to be how the characters interact with each other. That's what's going to draw me. Because part of the reason me and everyone else loved Guardians of the Galaxy was because they were just, it was like, you know, that whole band of misfits trope, but they were just so perfect with each other. Like they were dysfunctional, mm-hmm. but they worked well. And I want to, I kind of want to see that. Like John Cena is funny. I love John Cena and his like, movies and stuff. So yeah. I, I have good, ex- I have good expectations. I'm super high. Because, you know, it's Warner Brothers. Uh, one thing I will say about Guardians of the Galaxy, though, it did two things, in my opinion, when it came to the MCU. It introduced, like, more humor, but it also made them go, okay, this worked. Now let's add it for every movie. And not every Marvel character needed to be funny like Guardians of the Galaxy. You just keep them as the funny people and then be more serious here. Maybe, like, Tony, that, that makes sense, but, like, how Thor went from like this serious, like spoiled prince to like this goofy dude in Ragnarok was kind of like, okay, it's a good movie, but not everybody got to be funny. Hey man, I enjoy Ragnarok. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, bro, that's nostalgia. Yeah. Watch it again. Watch it again. <laughs> it was cool. I wasn't like amazed by it, but I was like, eh, it's cool. I just, I want to see like more different like spinoffs because like now, since like, you know, the end of like the Avengers and then um for Marvel and then for DC, the, the Justice League movies, we're starting to see more of like the the spinoffs for like characters that you don't normally see in the spotlight. So like, you know, Joker, a lot of a lot of people said that Joker was really good, but then a lot of people were like giving like mixed reviews about like Wonder Woman or like um mm. or uh Black Widow for Marvel. And so what where do you think that those are gonna I didn't think those are going to transpire post or big movies. DC needs to just focus on animated. They already got that a lot. Don't do no more live action. Marvel got that. Marvel, don't touch animation. Just stick with live action. There's something that I can (laughs) say about like Wonder Woman and stuff like that. It was really visually appealing. Like the shots were were beautifully done, I think. And, but, you know, the movie itself was like, Eh. Movie, movie yeah, itself was and, like, but like with with animated with DC's animated content, like it's way better than what you see with Marvel. And that's mm-hmm. my my personal opinion. But it is absolutely just amazing. I love it. It's incredible. Yeah, there are going to be some stuff. Are going to need some do overs. We already can name a few that just needs to be either done over or just thrown away. Like you know, because everybody always throws up. You know. Green Lantern is like that movie was trash and yeah. I rewatched. I mean, it. DC it live trash. action has been getting better. Like, like Aquaman was was pretty good. Yeah, Aquaman was cool. I love the it. Snyder cut. I have not yeah, taken like, four hours out of my life to say I'm going to stare at a screen. The Snyder cut, dude. I watched that. Work. Take a break. Just, it's, it's, literally, it's literally divided in breaks. Like there's like, like I don't know if it's like there are intermissions, but it's like it's divided and the transition is, is good. So there really are like two sections and just walk away for a little bit. I mean, it's like if, you have seen how long Endgame is, and then not script throw, throw away Superman movies. We know like a long movie, Avatar. You know that that movie is like three and a half hours. But that's one of my favorite movies. I love the entire development from when they arrived on Pandora 
to when they left Pandora. Like I enjoyed everything, even though I was like, damn, three and a half hours just passed. And so I'm like, okay, this is Zack Snyder Cup. If I'm gonna watch it, matter of fact, I'm probably gonna watch it later today. Just to like get over it, just to say that I watched it. But I'm like, yo, can I really brave out four hours? We'll see. No, I that thing was hard. I love can how just, it, like, it explained more. Can we just like show some appreciation for Avatar real quick? That they okay. were, that movie was the highest grossing movie for 10 straight years until mm-hmm. Endgame. Because literally people were like, oh, it's this close to Endgame. And then they started watching it just to be Avatar. Yeah. Well, then also Disney with Disney pulled the stunt where they like they put it back in theaters. I think they did something to like generate um, generate more, and I think that's how they did it. So I guess technically Avatar still did it right the first time. Yeah, I mean it was so good it went back into theaters. It was on DVD and everything, and they put it back in theaters. That's because like they they I don't have a beautiful movie. They, they don't they, and there's nothing. There's no weight behind Avatar. Avatar was just a movie that was being produced like everything else, you know, mm-hmm. just being marketed and everybody had gravitated toward it so much. But then at least with, you know, Marvel movies, there's comic books, like there's cartoons, there's stuff that has been nostalgia from the past that they brought up to where they made the entire series watchable. So it was more of an expectation that the Marvel movies were going to be watched because it was very nostalgic for everybody. But for Avatar, Avatar, it just, it stood alone. So for me, I will always say that Avatar will take the cake only because they just did it with one punch. And it was more of an expectation. That's like the the end all be all. Like that's the culmination of all like 11 years. Exactly. And everybody knows the journey. Everybody knows that it's going to end at some point. And so it it, it was a great ending to a a great book. What do you say, Luke? Like, that was, like, a beautiful, um, what did the movie come out? Was it 08? No, 2009. The movie came out in 2009. And mm-hmm. for that time, it's, like, very few movies have actually, like, reached that level of just, like, like cinematic beauty, both in, like, CG mm-hmm. and regular effects. Like, it was right. ahead of its time, truly. And it attracted people who weren't even, like, into, like, those sci-fi type of movies. Like... It was something deeper than just sci-fi and these new creatures and everything like that. Like it was, it was an entire story that was from beginning to end, good, being captured from good. Because even I was hooked to even when it was um, the main character, the dude, finding out that his twin brother was killed, and I was like, "Damn! Like that's how we're gonna start?" And then we're on a new planet. I'm like, "Well, I guess this is how the journey starts." And then all the way to hating the natives. To them loving the natives, to them wanting to become the natives. Spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen it, please go watch Avatar. It is a great, great film. Especially because movies that have like emotion capture, like they actually put dots on their face. So, like, their actual facial movements was in Mm -hmm. real time. And, Mm -hmm. like, they've already planned like sequels. I think it's, it was supposed to come out this year, like Avatar 2, but I think it's going to be like maybe 2023 by this point. But the no, reason why that one took so long is because, okay, 2022. And the yeah, reason why it's taking so long is because they're actually doing like the same like motion capture, but underwater. So they're trying to do underwater scenes. I, I can believe that that takes forever because I, I wonder how long it took for it. It came out in 2009, but I wonder how long 
that it takes? Like, when do they actually start? Because during that time, if you're telling me that they started in 2006, that they started really doing the the dots where they were like the black suit and the dots to do all of the motion capturing for the for the face mirroring and stuff like that is that really stood they stood out for their time period and so now it's i don't know like what do y'all expect for avatar 2 because apparently like i've seen i've seen snips of where there's a baby so i've i've grown to uh grown accustomed to the expectation where it's like if I'm expecting a sequel of a phenomenal movie or even just a good movie, uh, I'm a little scared because like if it's that great, they have a lot, they have a very big shoes to fill. So I wouldn't be surprised if since the movie's release, they have spent time working on their story and then, you know, recently started doing all the actual development and because that like it didn't leave a whole lot of room. Like at the end, it was like, "Oh yeah, a new chapter in the beginning," but it didn't really leave like room for like what's next. Like, is there going to be a new villain? Uh, right. There, there was nothing. It was, it was a happy ending moment, and I was now satisfied with it. But we all saw when he officially converted his human body to the Avatar body. So we obviously know that he now is a, a native. And he now lives in that body now, and his his old body is now going to be discarded. Great, but at that point, it's like you know what? I'm happy. I'm happy with the ending. So now that you're coming in, so now it's like, what is Earth going to invade Pandora, or is it going to be a civil war between tribes? But that's going to be hard because the tribes united in the first movies. So now you're going to tell me that there's going to be division. Like I don't know that that's going to be a or yeah. or it might be like an Armageddon type of thing where Pandora is gonna get get blown up. I don't know. Like I, I it, it's gonna be very hard to to top that because you know history has shown the second the, the second movie usually is not that good, especially when yeah. the first movie is usually great. Because that's how I'm feeling about yeah. Where the second movie or the sequel is better than the first? Can you guys think of one? I can think of. Where the second was better than the first? Dark Knight, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight. Dark Knight was fantastic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Spider Man 2. Spider Man 2, the the Sam Raimi version. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's a little more. Come on, y'all, carrying the team here. I can't think of it. Nah, it's really hard, though. It's it's really not that many. (laughs) That is like the second is better than the first. Like Empire Strikes Back. Okay. The original Empire Strikes Back. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because that um that um what was that battle when they were in like the little desert ish scene? That one. That's probably one of my favorite battle scenes. With the red dust. Wait, in the new trilogy? No. In the original. Hold one. Where they have the the giant uh the giant things. You mean an an Hoth with the Hoth was the ice planet. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, I'm I'm visually I'm visually picturing it, and I'm like I don't remember ice. How did you? Yeah, bro. You color. I'm convinced. How did you? You're convinced I'm colorblind. Desert. From Tundra. 
Uh, well, one, they're well, both ice dry. Ice desert, I guess. Technically, Tundra ice, ice desert. Tundra, it really is the ice <laughs> desert. So shut up. <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> no, you shut up. Don't make this about me. <laughs> All right, so we got Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Toy Story okay. 2. Um, mm, do you think Toy Story 2 is better than Toy Story 1? I did enjoy I personally. I mean, the, uh, they, cleaned I, up, they cleaned up the graphics. They cleaned up the graphics. It was, it was nice uh, character development, I guess, the toys. Okay. I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> it's character development of their toys. I guess. How do you feel about the Incredible, the Incredibles and Incredibles 2 to me? Incredibles was better. So. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly didn't care for the second one. Like, it was cool. It was cool seeing. The only thing that I really liked was seeing Jack-Jack develop his powers. Uh, that's really the one yeah, thing I, I see. That's what everybody's like everybody been wanting to see for like two decades. No literally, oh, is yeah. Jack Jack. And then when he had the fight with the raccoon, I was bawling laughing. Like, my, my that, that was my scene. favorite scene. Literally. I think and all you see is now the gif with Jack Jack about to slap him like. <laughs> I think um, Incredibles 2 suffered <laughs> from the first movie being so good that people's expectations was through the roof. I personally didn't think it was that bad. I mean, I thought. Screen Slaver was like a dope villain. I thought it was predictable, but I understand like because they're trying to be, I guess, woke with it. And I mm-hmm. like when movies try to like tell a message because I mean, this villain was more of so. Do you know the YouTube channel Wisecrack? No, no, no. Okay, it's a YouTube channel and they like study movies and, and stuff like that. I'm a big like movie head. I really like studying movies and stuff. And they go into the philosophy of different movies, whereas um, they talked about like in this specific uh, video, it was like the motives of villains throughout the decades and how like in the 50s and 60s, it was like America's like top blah, blah, blah. And everyone else, communists is evil and stuff like that. In the 70s, you see like the counterculture movement from like the late 60s come in. So now it's movies about corrupt cops, corrupt government officials is now like trusting the government going down so you see a lot of that and then the 80s was kind of a mix of the two where it was like cops are like more um anti-heroes where they'll go against the law to do something that's good like ends justify the means type thing 90s there's a lot of domestic terrorism there's a lot of domestic terrorists going on in the 90s so like neighbors being nazis and stuff like that the 2000s was a lot of like anarchy and like existential nihilism like life sucks so you have like the dark night like the joker that's just causing chaos just to do it or the departed where or i think it was a no country for old men where this dude was like harvey Dent, they just walk around flip a coin and kill you if it landed on a certain thing just for fun for 2000s yeah yeah no country for old men that was like mm-hmm. early i am legend armageddon mm-hmm. like destruct like end of world misery book of eli Book of Eli. Um, I mean, even with the Incredible Syndrome, he just was just like, "Oh, yeah, supers are done. I'm gonna just kill all of you now." Yeah, life is meaningless. He wanted to rid the world of the idea of a superhero. Yeah, and then the 2010s, you know, it was. Go ahead, Luis. My bad. Oh no, no, no! I was, I was just uh, collecting the thought because I remember something about the Incredibles. Someone pointed out um, the detail where it's like. Y'all remember the scene where he was a kid and he was trying to be his uh, Mr. Incredible sidekick 
and he was like, fly home, buddy, I work alone. In the original scene, he's holding uh, the villain. And he's kind of like, you know, mind your business, kid, I'm doing my work. But in his flashback, he's got a warped perception where it's like, he's just like, fly home, buddy, I work alone. So it was kind of like in his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing to do with the job. It had to do with this idea of superiority. So it was like right. I was—I didn't, I didn't notice that at first. That was pretty interesting. I thought that was kind mm-hmm. of just like a flavor thing. Yeah, I just saw that recently too. Dude. It's cool. It's crazy. I didn't even pay attention to it. Exactly. Like, I love—I love movies that are like so popular, where it's like if you like later on, people are still analyzing and still pointing out stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's an entire there's an entire like conspiracy theory about Pixar movies where it's like. They're all connected. Like one of my favorite ones is like every Toy Story, every sorry, every Pixar movie is a different dimension, and Monsters Inc. has a port, like has a portal to those dimensions with the doors. That makes sense. Yeah, that was that was crazy. There, there's a video that shows like a little like a little cut piece of a different character in each scene, and if you pay attention, like I can't remember. I think in Monsters Inc. there's a little cut piece of Nemo. Somewhere in some kids' yeah, room. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, and then, and then you have, I think uh, the ball. Yeah, the ball. Yeah, and then Toy the Story. ball for Toy Story. And then um, I can't remember where Bugs Life is. Bugs Life is in somewhere. Uh, but yeah, it's all connected. But, Pixar, Pixar yeah, that obviously connects all their movies. They've always done a great job of like, connecting all of the, and they also kind of like mimic like the same human characters. Like they don't really change them too much. Yeah. You, know, you know, guys' favorite crazy? Pixar movie. Pixar movie? Pixar yeah. only? Well, uh, Disney and then Pixar. Disney, it's always a tie between, well, I don't know. Uh, some, some I can't always depict which one is which. Tarz, Tarzan is, Tarzan and Lion King are, are my favorite movies. Okay. Um, I think Toy Story and Lion King are my favorite <laughs> ones. And they're completely different for like different reasons. But like they both start off very sad. <laughs> yeah. They both start off super sad. But um, as far as like Pixar, I know for itself, I like Bugs Life only because if you watch it now, it's low key a woke movie. It's low key a woke movie from like you know like segregation, like you know when um where the grasshopper was like you know you're dirt, no, you're lower than dirt, you're an ant, and I was like yo. Who is he representing? And then when he gave this speech to all you ants, like, y'all are like, y'all are losers. Y'all put on this earth to serve us. I was like, hey, yo. Oh, dang. Yo. These people really. And as a child, I'm just enjoying it. Like, oh, my gosh. But as an adult, I'm like, hey, yo. Like, oh, my God. Check it. You you remember the scene where they, they he breaks open the uh the little nut bottle or whatever, mm-hmm. and he says one ant might not be able to do anything, but if mm-hmm. they all gang up, we all unify, gang up, we show can't strength do about that. All right, strength in numbers, strength in unity. Right, and it's like hey, yo, and we gotta stick together. Division, <laughs> division, division, division of power is mm-hmm. literally a, a unit of war, bro. Mm-hmm. So. You know, that's that's always a tactic. But then the only piece that I couldn't pick out was the bird. The bird. The bird was because the main thing was always the beef between the ants and the grasshoppers. What was that bird represent? The bird is like, I kill all of you with one step. 
I don't I don't know if that had but hey man. like political meaning or social meaning, but I think that was just like a common comment. Like they're but remember, mm-hmm. they are still bugs. You know, what details right. words. So it's like that was like a big that was like I think that was like a pivotal moment where it's like, you know, we either band together or we die. Mm-hmm. Because as like all bugs, as a bug species, because like even when you go to like the bug city where like everybody was just out for themselves, I really hate how they depicted it to look like New York. <laughs> but <laughs> um but everything was all kind of just like old, yeah, old and dusty and stuff, but then let a bird pull up, everybody is about to die. So wait, Lucas, did you say what your favorite Disney and Pixar movie was? No, while y'all were talking, I was trying to figure that out, actually. <laughs> oh. my, my, so, actually, my favorite Pixar movie is, um, is a tie, believe it or not, between Wally and Monsters Inc. You like Wally? Really? Wally was dope. Wally was, Wally was dope. Dude. I, I just, I wasn't hooked on him just being this lonely robot. Like, I, I was not, I was not, my, my heart was not feeling for that. Bro, you've been here talking about how Bugs Life represented much more than just a bunch of bugs being bugs. Wally, that's significant. Like that had both emotional impact. It was telling, like real world significance. Like fast forward in the future, that's what's gonna look like. And then it's like, uh, and then it kind of like everybody's fat and riding scooters. <laughs> I even scoot little chairs. Like I want to make right the little chairs and <laughs> everybody's this giant like. Lazy, don't do nothing, and just like, like they devolve. They literally, they literally devolve into like what they basically couldn't walk. In. But it's just like um, they, they put a lot of emotion. First of all, robots. They made a cockroach likable. They made a cockroach into a likable symbol. You know how fucking hard that is. That's really hard. everybody hates cockroaches. Everybody hates cockroaches. Yeah. You see a cockroach? Everybody knows cockroaches can survive a nuclear blast. <laughs> I actually read a side note. I, I don't know. I read somewhere that apparently there's a theory that also scorpions could live through that kind of nuclear wasteland. And I got to say, though, like if somewhere mm-hmm. in the distant future, aliens come to our now deserted, destroyed planet and find giant mutated scorpions, I won't be mad. Giant roaches? Disgusting. But giant scorpions? Cool with that. Scorpions suck. That's a cool. That's cool. a cool visual, though. A giant <laughs> scorpion, giant scorpion, visually way more aesthetically more pleasing. But if you just see a giant roach, like like we know plenty of people who just hate the sight of a roach, and everybody forgets it's like you are over a hundred times bigger, faster, stronger than a roach. But there's something about this tiny little bug that just makes everybody's skin crawl. Because they fly, they're dirty. That 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 part, I I I I definitely screamed and fell from seeing a fly cockroach. Because at that point, I was like, "Yo, this man's gonna kill me. This bug is gonna kill me. I'm I I have nothing for it." Because I was cool with stopping it, but the second it opened his wings, I was like, "Oh no, you you have you have up you are upgraded Pokemon." I was uh I was with some friends one time, and we uh one of them. He, he just, he hates, he doesn't like bugs, but he's like, he's fairly cool with, he was fairly cool with roaches. He hates bugs that fly, because to him, it's like he can't outrun them, he can't do anything about them, they're too unpredictable. So we saw a roach one time um, in our friend's apartment, it was on my wall, 
And he was like, okay, it stays over there, minds his business, I'm fine. And then the roach didn't fly. It just like fluttered its wings. And, and so me and my other friend were like, ha ha, so much for that. This dude did not wait a second. He stood up. This man like leapt off the couch and like Superman punched the damn wall and squashed the roach with his bare hands. No hesitation. And we're just sitting there like, why? He really did not like roaches. Like he looked over. He looked over. He looked over. And he said, "Never again." Like he had okay, the blood of his enemy on his right. <laughs> Where are the rest of your friends? Where are they? Mm-hmm. And that's and that's how and that and that's and there's his origin story. Yep. Hmm. But now going back to um going back to um like our favorite movies. Oh yeah, we, we always say uh, Pixar is incredible the first one and then regular Disney would be I like Aladdin Aladdin would go really Aladdin was cool that's a good hmm. thing they, they have great songs mm-hmm. Aladdin has great songs mm-hmm. I love I love I love Genie Genie is I mean Robin you know Williams. Robin Williams oh my god one of like the best com- well, do you, do you consider him a chameleon actor? Because sometimes I don't always think Williams sometimes. Because he doesn't always just say, like, you know, I'm Robert Williams in the, in the spotlight. Because he's always played a different character, whether it's, like, you know, in a different suit. Because uh, then he played, what was the movie where he played a woman? Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. But then he, he does a great job doing that. And then he's a great job as himself. And then he also does a great job doing like you no know, voice animated work, and so it's like, yo, he is he is truly a chameleon. As the same way I look at like Eddie Murphy as a as a chameleon, because I'm because you realize like Eddie Murphy okay. does a great job with like his animated stuff. He makes he makes Donkey Donkey like Mushu. He ma- he makes Mushu Mushu like like we love those characters because of the voice behind it because nobody else could pull off. That type of so voice. Work. I have a question. When you say, you said a chameleon actor, right? Mm-hmm. So is are you trying to say is it someone that fully immerses into a role that it almost doesn't seem them, but it just seems like the character? Yes, and then also like that. also okay. being able to adapt into different um, movie genres and movie roles, whether it's funny or comic or anime or cartoon, like. You're able to immerse yourself and fully, you know, take in that character so and make it your own. Oh, one, I got a question. One actor that I will say that I think does a better job than Robin Williams at that, who I guess by definition a comedian actor would be the best one, is Johnny Depp. Oh my God, Jeff, bro, you took that word right out of my mouth, bro. What the hell? <laughs> Any That's role crazy. that dude goes in becomes his own, like, identity, own entity, yeah. literally. Like, Jack Sparrow, Jack Sparrow to um, to the Mad Hatter, mm-hmm. to uh, what's the movie where he was a lizard? Um, Rango, Rango, was Rango. A great movie. Yeah. Rango was fun, though. Like no, he even had a good Willy Wonka. It was a great Willy Wonka. Like yeah, he was, he, was, he was a great. Hunter. And the, and these are completely like different characters. So he yes, by that definition. Yep. So I, I will give you I will I will give you Johnny Depp as a great chameleon actor. Um 
but yeah, it's just very few. There's not many because I throw I can't throw Denzel into any movie. If you want Denzel, you want Denzel for Denzel himself. Like you can't throw him into you can't throw him into Tarzan. Like what are some what are some movies that you guys watch specifically like for the actor? Or do you guys watch movies for the actor, the director, or the plot? Like what drives um, you out of out of those three? I usually I usually watch based on like genre. Like if it's an action movie, that's already on my list. Easy. Um if it, if I like the if I like the idea of the plot, also that. The only times I will watch for an actor, like for that reason, is if like I'm looking at a movie and I see the actor that I love truly, and I'm like, I gotta check it out. It's at least worth seeing because I love that actor. Some movies will depend on who the actor is because I mean, we can name we can name off Denzel's entire catalog, and they're all great. But it's also him taking on and making it more him. And that's kind of like the difference between a main actor and like, and like somebody else. Like Denzel is Denzel. He's playing a character, but it's still Denzel in the forefront and in the face. And so like, even with like, like Equalizer, it's Denzel, but he's supposed to be this, you know, this trained, this trained killer who's like very smart and tactical. But also you've got Training Day where he's this, you know, this dirty narcotics cop but it's like, I believe you. I, I, I believe you being this type of person. But then you also got American Gangster, where he's Frank Lucas. And that's like, yeah. and it's like, I appreciated those movies for the movies, but I also like that it was Denzel being those characters. Right. Okay. And so, that, and so that's why I like the movie. Because you can't, because all of Denzel's work is really hard to replace him. It, it's hard to replace him for maybe. Maybe the only one I might give that maybe somewhat replaceable is maybe Remember the Titans. He was a great coach. He was great coach. Boom. But it's you you maybe be able to get off maybe a few other actors that might be able to do as good of a job. Maybe. Maybe. But, but it's very debatable. But you know, what's funny about uh, Denzel and like people like actors like him is I think of it like uh let's say you have like an artist uh, who paints multiple different um, canvases. Each one is completely different, but they still have that signature. That's what I think about with Denzel. Every character mm-hmm. from like trained, assa- like trained assassin to like really like low-key gangster, it's like you said, it's him. And you can tell that it's his personal brand of the character, but the, like he has the range to like to know the role. Mm-hmm. I, think that was, I think that's phenomenal. Like, he does that. Um, I think, in my opinion, Samuel L. Jackson also does that. Just he yeah he takes you he takes is actors like those take command of the character as opposed yeah. to you submitting yourself under the character and hiding behind it to where everybody loves the character but sometimes like it's like oh but it's me behind it but for them for samuel and denzel they are the front and the character is in the back and so you'll love it but you also are loving the character himself is it more like that actor is using their skills or abilities to breathe life into that character versus like someone that is immersed so much in the character that they make the character seem like their own enemy? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it, because some just have a better... No, because no, because some so some actors will do a better job of 
of doing both sometimes like do you think that like will smith's like you know i am legend character or independence day but then you saw him play genie you saw him play i forgot what the little fish's name in shark tales like Oscar. they were them but you also knew that this is also will smith okay so you'll have like your denzels and will smith where it's like they play different roles it's kind of like the same thing mm-hmm. but they do a good job of like making that character seem believable where right. you'll have a um You'll, You'll have, have a Robin Williams like, or a Johnny Depp that Johnny is Depp, a great actor. Alive and it brings, person. yes, it breathes life into it to where everybody loves, everybody loves, like, they'll dress, you know, you'll do you'll do a, com- a Comic-Con of the Mad Hatter and everybody loves okay. the Mad Hatter, but it's also Johnny Depp did a great job being the Mad Hatter himself or being Willy Wonka or being Jack Sparrow. Like, these are iconic characters that people still love and appreciate to this day but also you have to give homage to the person who brought life into it as I would opposed say to someone who does a good job of both where it could be a hit or miss like they become that character that the character is its own like entity and that it's them playing the role would be Leonardo DiCaprio Yes, Jeff, bro, Jeff. It's either his ass. role. Oh my god! <laughs> like, my which is my second favorite movie, where he's like, like you know, that's him, but he does a good job, or some, or he's like the um, Calvin Candy and Django, where that's like his own entity, to where it's just like what? right. And he, man, you talk about the, the some of the greatest performances. Yes, like, he did a great job, like like him. Like yeah, like you know Jamie Fox and like um, I've got the the Austrian actor who plays uh, oh, uh his uh, his friend Christ- um Christoph Waltz is his real name yeah. yeah Christoph Waltz and so um yeah they do great they do great jobs like in their roles but like Leonardo DiCaprio you believed him as Monsieur Candy like you believed like he put like a lot of like passion and sold into that performance where I was like, hey, yo, I think this man used to own slaves at one point in time. He like, played, he played the way, he, well, you know what I mean? the way like, he played him, I was like, outside, yo, I, like... I, and then everybody forgets that Samuel Jackson was in the background. <laughs> <laughs> as the old right. as the old slave in the back. Lucas, Lucas and Max, I got a question. What's up, bro? What is the last movie that you saw specifically for the actor and was it good? For the actor, mm. uh, I go first, Max. No, go ahead. Okay, if you insist. Um, I saw the movie called The Little Things with Denzel Washington, and mm. I watched. <laughs> I can't remember the plot of that. Uh, so it was a it was a, it was like a detective thriller movie where there's it had Rami Malek, Denzel Washington, and Jared Leto. And mm. Denzel Washington, I'm not gonna spoil it. Obviously, Denzel Washington he's a he's a cop. He used to be a detective, but he went uh, went to be a deputy in a small town, and he comes back to assist this big time detective in his old uh, stomping grounds to uh, investigate a series of murders, serial killers. And it's very immersive 
and like detailed in its um in everything. And you can you kind of see like Denzel put his own brand of um, of development into his character. And I gotta say, I wasn't really paying. I wouldn't have paid attention to the movie that much. I don't think. But the fact that it had Denzel Washington in it as that kind of role, I was like, okay, yeah, I gotta check it out. Yeah, literally the same movie because I was literally I forgot the name of the movie, but that was literally wait, it. Wait, Denzel Washington in the little thing. Like what? Like get get <laughs> out, bro! Like I think it's the do it's the do rag. It's the do rag. It has to be the do rag is communicating with us, so we already know what you're about to say. The little things. It's the little things. I do highly recommend. I I highly recommend that movie, dude. Like it was actually it was a pretty good movie because why you went? It really has. It really hasn't been that many. Well, no. Well, I'm lying because I want to see. I want to see. Uh, Don't breathe too specifically for that actor. Um, I can't think of his name right now. But if you think about like what you have to do first, you have to train and do classes on how to act as a blind person, and so you're blind ex-military like assassin, and so it's already like crazy to think like this is how this man lives in this world where all he has is his sense of touch and smell and hearing, but no sight. But he can live a normal, completely, like, you know, just like everybody else is blind. He can live a fun- fully functioning, normal life. But he is, like, really, like, you you can't mess with him. And you can think Alex. that since he's blind that you can get. Hmm? The guy's name is Stephen Lane. Stephen Lane. Shout out to him. Because I, I am literally stopping everything to go see this movie because he does a great movie. He, he does a great job just portraying this man. And then when you see the trailer of Don't Breathe 2, like, like it's even is more. That the, is that the villain from Avatar? Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. Oh, okay. It is. Okay. And he did a great job playing that character, too. Like, yeah. he, he, I, feel like he, I feel like he likes the ex-military role. It, it, he, he does a great job with it. I don't know if he's military in his, in his personal life, but he does a great job. But the fact that in the, in the trailer, there's one scene where he's laying on the ground but there's also water on the ground and he can literally feel the motion of the water pushing on his fingers to sense if a person is near him. Like to me, I'm thinking, I'm like, yo, this man is like tough from Avatar Last Airbender. He can literally sense anything and then up and just ping, ping, ping. And I'm like, how? And so let me ask you, let me ask you a question because I'm a little conflicted on but that movie, how do y'all feel about the fact that they're making him out to be more of a protagonist after everything that happened in the first movie? Wait, which movie? And don't, don't breathe. breathe. Because in, in the first movie, he's made out to be the bad guy. But I mean, in reality, I mean, it's it's kids trying to rob him because he has a stack of like cash. But, yeah, but bro, do you remember what he was doing at the end? Oh, no, no, no. The, 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 the psychotic part, the psychotic part, that at that point I was because it, it, for me for for me I was for him in the beginning I wanted him to kill all the kids in the beginning but then when I found out you know that you know spoiler for anybody to see like he had yeah he had somebody tied up downstairs you know <laughs> he had a he pulled out the freezer and he had a container full of <laughs> say it. Um, reproductive liquid. <laughs> oh, no. 
<laughs> and he had to boil it to activate it. <laughs> Be like nine months, and he gets a life back. Was literally a whole breeder, and oh my gosh! At that point, I was like, "No, kill him!" Because like that—that that is just sick. And so I, I honestly wanted him to track down the girl who escaped. That's what I hoped for. But they—I don't know how I feel about him being out being the protagonist. Like everybody's attacking him, but at this point, it's like. Don't F with me. And that's kind of like really the, like, what it is. Don't F with me. And if you do, I'm going to show you why you shouldn't F with me. So now he's now he's more of like the blind Rambo. I think the last movie that I saw for the actor or actress was my where Octavia Spencer. Mm. I couldn't tell if that movie was good or not. I, like, I, I couldn't I see her play the psychotic yeah. evil. I haven't seen it. Psycho person. I, it's, some, it's, it's one of those that you just kind of have to just experience it yourself just to see how you see it. Mm. But it, in my opinion, it was a little disappointing. Mm. I bet. Yeah. It was kind of like... My last favorite movie that I liked from her, well, it wasn't even movies, it was a series. It was when she uh, portrayed um, um, Madam C.J. Walker. And that was a Netflix series. That was the last one that I, like, I liked from her. But... um. Man, no, it's, it's very few nowadays. It's very few. Like I'm seeing it because of the actor. It's more about like, movies yeah. for the director. Like, what movies have you you guys seen? Or the last movie that you're like, oh, the director made it. Gotta watch. I promise you, I it, it means nothing to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the director really don't mean like like the only like few ones where it's like I like it because like this is a so and so film is like like Michael Bay. Like back then, like and like. They're like 2009, 2010s, like Michael Bay films were like my favorite just for like just the cinematography of like how everything is like being done. Um, James Cameron, James Cameron's a good one too. I didn't watch Bay movies for uh, I watched Bay movies because they had Transformers, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but Michael Bay did a great job making Transformers what it was, so yeah, I mean. Yes, and but no. it's also transformed. So I mean, I love transformers. He had a formula. He ran with it five times. The first three times it was okay, and then the last two was kind of just. No, uh, that's the thing. Why? I dragged, I dragged my cousins to the theater to see Transformers Four, and they're like, "Why are you so interested?" I'm like, "Why? Robot dinosaurs breathing fire." While other giant robots that transform into trucks ride on top of them, why not? Like, let's go. Why are we still here? The oh, same reason that the reason that that's ridiculous is the same reason why you're seeing the Rock pull down a whole helicopter from Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> that's the same reason why you want to see it. It is ridiculous, but I have to see it through, my boy. I got to see it through my boy. Got to see it through my boy. So the same reason why you want to see a giant robot riding a robot Tyrannosaurus Rex is the same reason why somebody wants to see the Rock yank down a chopper with his bare hands. Just ah! 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 I was thinking, yeah, I was honestly thinking Quentin Tarantino for me. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino or Chris Quentin Tarantino does great. Quentin Tarantino, what is, sure. what is Christopher Nolan's catalog? I always hear him, but Inception, I can never. I ne- Tenant, the Dark Knight trilogy. The Dark Knight. This dude yeah. makes hits. 
Tenet is too confusing. I can't tell what's happening in Tenet. It's, it's a lot. Tenet is like, is this, is this, is this 007 or is this like international terrorism? Like, like what am I missing here? Like, all of the above. I, I, you said yes for what? Like, I, 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 I'm seeing 007 action, but I see international problems happening. And all I see is men in suits. Like, I, I'm missing something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? I still think is a slept on movie series. The Kingsman. Who sleeps on the Kingsman? One, the second one was like. Kingsman like 1 was first, I've never seen Kingsman 2. The first one was pretty dope, dude. The first one was first damn one was good. Bomb. I, I first loved one it. Was bomb. The yeah. second one first is what one killed it for me. Dope. I never saw the second one, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. Killed it completely. Like, I mean, yeah. you haven't. You see, that they haven't really made any movie, made any other ones. I mean, they're they're yeah. they're they're gonna release the uh, the old school Kingsman, where it's like you built the birth of the order, like back in the old days. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I feel like that's a better. I feel like that's a better one because you see how like how in Kingsman there is an there is an elegance and and a code of gentleman conduct. So you're not just you're not just an ordinary agent. You, there's something there's something classy about you. There's something where you're you're really living by a set of rules. Like these are like you know modern day Jedi's where you you are made and to go through all these tests and to really be a specific type. You're not just a dude in a suit just walking around like he's here, he's here. Like you're you're really living through this conductive life where you can really blend in and just be this gentleman. Yeah, you blend well, with a full three-piece suit. Yeah, that's real. Funny. Exactly. So, yeah, it kind of comes off in. like, it's almost like they were like, hey, Michael Bay, make a James Bond film. He's like, all right. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. You have the second, you have the yeah. second one where you introduce the uh, American side of it. Yeah. yeah. I think I think if I think if you're going to do Kingsman, you're going to have to either go back in time or you're going to have to make this an, an entire international affair. Because initially it was all British. And then you, no, and then the second one was international a little bit more. No, I'm saying you're going to have to continue to go beyond that because if, if you're making Kingsman like this special order service where everybody is living by a certain code, then it should be an international Kingsman for everybody. Everybody in every country lives by this gentleman's code. And so if Maybe. you can take it to Tokyo, and then into Germany, and then into Africa, where there's a Kingsman in the, around the world, and you could do it that I way. Mean, but if that doesn't Western work, then you just have to go uh, back into the something. I think that's dangerous. I think that's dangerous because it's yeah. too much. Like, if you remember in the first yeah. movie, they were talking about, like, you got CIA, you got Interpol, you got the FBI, you have... MI6 like, the, or whatever. The variety, yeah. MI6, the variety of special forces. But no one had, like, conventionally had heard of the Kingsman. They were ghosts. They were the elite. Like you call when you when you call everyone else, you call the Navy SEALs to take someone out, you call CIA to look into an operation. None of that works. The Kingsmen, they're behind the scenes of everything. So like that was very special and unique. And yeah, you had the American branch. I mean that, that's, that's cool, I guess. But America already has CIA, like CIA and stuff. If you keep adding more and more and more, it kind of takes away from the original image of the Kingsmen. Like you can have other do, organizations, yeah. but if it's just, in my opinion, if you have everyone doing the same thing but just like more different flavor, it's gonna turn into a messy, messy situation. Because even with the statesman, that put a, a Western twist on it. Like they had like the, you know, like the 
silks and like the bolo ties and it's like this is supposed to be about being a gentleman you know what i'm saying mm. there's um there, there, there's another one that i'm trying to compare to come come back to me it'll, it'll come back to me in a second so what's but, the last movie that you guys saw like for the plot like you saw the trailer of the plot and you'd be like yo what a plot of the trailer you're like yo i gotta go see you fast and furious <laughs> 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 you said family. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that little plays in the background. That man said. That man said. That was strong with family. You said I family? felt that. I felt that in my bones. Find the little. <laughs> but wait, you have to come um, back. Why family? Okay. Um, family. For me, the movie that I saw for the plot. Don't breathe too for me. Yeah, but I, it. I know, but I, I, you've seen the plot <laughs> and you've seen the trailer, and no, it's already like a, a sequel to something that I've already enjoyed. So, no, what, yeah, what's one that you saw the movie and you're like for the plot and you're like, wow, it was, it was either good or it was bad. The Tomorrow War. Uh, what you say, Lucas? Tomorrow War. Chris Pratt. See, I'm a sucker mm. for action movies, and I like the premise of it. I thought, hey. Let's shoot him. Let's fight him. Let's do it. I love. I love that kind of movie. So I, I watched it. It was. It was a good. It was a good movie. You should go see it. I had to see our Black Widow. I had to see it just to see. Like I, I hope it's good. But if it's bad, it's like, eh. You know, at least, at least she gets something. But I watched it and I, I got bored. Oh, um, like I, I kind of got towards the end where like I saw like like the climax of it. And I was like, <gasps> and I was like, eh, well, let me ask you a follow-up question. Do you think that was just because the movie itself, or do you think because it was released later than it was intended to? Like after all that waiting and waiting and waiting, it's just now you get. Yeah, because like you, you, you'll you'll be so prepared, you'll be so prepared and so anxious to see it, and then when it comes out and it's not what you think it is, and it's kind of just like a, like a very much a letdown. And I, and that's why I'm like I'm really hoping that for whatever they do for Black Panther two. Like everybody's kind of like, like kind of hesitant because it's like we already know in the in the real world what what's happening, you know, you know, rest in peace to Jaguar Bozeman. But since he's gone, it's kind of like, what are they gonna do? I don't want them to ruin it, but since they're still making it, it's like, all right, now you have a bigger you have a bigger expectation than the first one because now you're gonna have to really make up for. Him not being there, but those expectations, those like those expectations are not usually. Usually, they, they come from just like you know, first movie being great, universe being great. Let's keep that train going. Now it's real world expectations. <clears throat> like you know, every movie, <clears throat> sorry, every Iron Man movie that came after the first one had high expectations because the first was so great. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, every Avengers movie that came after the first one had high expectations because that was so. You know, you have Black Panther 2. Everyone expects it to be amazing, but you have that extra baggage. That's, but that, that, I think Black Panther, it only stands out different because there's a real-world element tied to it. Exactly. None of the characters... Well, because it, it, it's the same thing for, you know, for Fast and Furious. You know, a main character in the real world passes away, and when you're trying to continue the series it doesn't really hit as much because a main character actually is passed away. And so that's why I like, that's my biggest fear is that 
yes, when Black Panther, when the trailer comes out and stuff, I'm going to go see it. But it's like, I, I really don't want them to, for one, I don't want them to replace them. I don't want them to, to replace them. Mm-mm. And then for two, like, they still have to make sure that it's centered around at least Wakanda or whoever the new Black Panther is going to be, which I personally hope that it's Shuri. I've heard of, yeah, I've heard a few rumors that either they're going to bring back uh, Killmonger. Unless, or if and, they bring Killmonger back. Sure. Some, yeah. And you sure Max Black new Black Panther? Yeah. What was the movie that you picked that was for the plot that you were like? Um, Stay undercover, I'm stuff. My whole life, I kept on waiting for shit. Had to learn to go get it myself. Yeah. I get this shit by myself. Yeah. I make a way for myself. Yeah. I see you got a new dude, and that's cool. But I promise we fuck, I won't tell. Yeah. Know that you miss it, I tell. Because you still hit up myself. So just let us out of ourselves. Cause I think I'm losing brain cells. Cause you're toxic, so toxic. Still want you myself. Wanted that girl for some years now. Now she unbuckled my belt. And see, she like how I felt. I'm on a mission, no, I cannot fail. Ah!